Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests, as always, on the Goodyear Hotline. And I begin with the two most exciting words in sports conversation. Charles Barkley coming up live in 15 minutes. Don't miss it. We'll talk about the trade deadline. We'll talk about the NCAA tournament. We'll talk about his daughter's wedding. He's 15 minutes away. Let's have some fun. Here we go. Only one place to start. There is only one place to start today, and that place is with news that, if true, will completely shake up the NFL draft and could mean Russell Wilson getting traded from Seattle. It is that significant, but only if it's true. It's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless, and here it comes. It is Corey Davis. Corey Davis was a very highly drafted wide receiver uh, a few years ago in Tennessee. He became a free agent this offseason and signed with the Jets. He was having his first media availability with the New York Jets reporters yesterday and was asked if he had signed with the Jets with the expectation, or maybe more to the point, if he had been told that his quarterback was going to be Sam Darnold. Here's what Corey Davis said. Do you sign with the Jets believing Sam Darnold will be your starting quarterback in September? Yeah, that's, that's my understanding. Correct. Obviously, I'm coming in with my understanding that, you know, he's the guy. And, you know, I'm looking forward to playing with him. He's a competitor, and, you know, obviously we can both learn from each other. Now, this is very important in a lot of different ways for a variety of different reasons. I want you just to consider the domino effect of this. Mel Kuyper in his most recent mock draft projected that the New York Jets would select Zach Wilson, the quarterback from BYU, with the second pick. That is my expectation as well. But I was actually on this morning on ESPN Radio early with Bart Scott and Alan Hahn, who were doing the KJZ show today. And I I was given the opportunity to ask Bart this question. When you're a free agent, and Corey Davis is a free agent who had some options, are you able to ask questions like, I'm a wide receiver, who's the quarterback going to be, and are these teams obligated to give you honest answers? And his suggestion was yes. Now, obviously, Corey Davis isn't going to come out yesterday and say, No, I was told Sam Darnold is going to be traded away and we're going to take Zach Wilson. I get that. But this certainly does at least open up the possibility that the Jets wind up doing what I don't expect them to do. Let me explain to you why that is so incredibly important. There would be, if the Jets wind up using the second pick in this draft on anything other than a quarterback, in my opinion, it is a colossal mistake. And that is despite the fact that There are two, I believe, not four, but two transformational talents at skill position players in this draft. There are four who are very highly touted. Devontae Smith, who you know, he was from Alabama. He won the Heisman. He was unstoppable last year. And his teammate, Jalen Waddell, who was actually thought to be the better player when last season began. He was the one they were talking about maybe winning the Heisman. Then he suffered a serious ankle injury, and that was pretty much that. Those two guys will both go in the first 10 picks, and I think there's an excellent chance they will both be great. But there are two players who, at least in my evaluation of this, are on a different level. One of them is Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase is a wide receiver from LSU who won the Boletnikoff Award in 2019 on that national championship team for LSU. Just bear in mind, that is a team that had Justin Jefferson on it, 
Jefferson was a first-round pick last year and basically rewrote the rookie receiving record books. Jamar Chase was far and away the best player on that team. Far and away the primary receiver on that team. The world has forgotten him because he opted out of last season, as so many others did. Jamar Chase is a superstar in the NFL waiting to happen. And so is Kyle Pitts. Just remember the name Kyle Pitts. Tight end, Florida. But as I've told you repeatedly, to call him a tight end is to greatly undersell his value. This guy is Travis Kelsey waiting to happen. He can, he can basically beat you from almost anywhere on the field, in line, outside, in the slot. He is an offensive weapon in, in, in a league where right now there's never been greater value than there is on that. That guy is Travis Kelsey. If the Jets were to take one of those two guys, it would be, I think, in some ways, awesome. Because if you're keeping Sam Darnold, then okay, now you give them this, him this really, really great weapon to play with in addition to signing Corey Davis and all the rest. But I think the value is not there. I think the value is in trading that pick. If you're not going to take a quarterback, I think you have to trade the pick because someone will give you a king's ransom to come up and take Zach Wilson. And that's what I mean by the domino effect. The domino effect of this becomes, who's that team? Who's coming up? I could throw a bunch of them at you. I think if Atlanta got a signal from the Jets that they could go up to two, they would go up there and take Zach Wilson. I think there's at least a real possibility of that. The Eagles, everyone says no. But then just keep going. Do I think Denver would go there? Do I think San Francisco would go there? There are any number of teams, Carolina being the most obvious and the one everyone expects to make an aggressive move to go up and get a quarterback. So you think about that domino effect. There'll be a trade up near the top. But wait, there's much more. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. Russell Wilson then comes into play. If you're the Seattle Seahawks, what do you want? What do you need if you're going to trade Russell Wilson away? What you want and what I believe you think you need is a quarterback on a rookie contract. You want someone that can be your quarterback for the next five years that you control salary cap-wise the same way you did Russell Wilson once upon a time and you went to two Super Bowls that way and you haven't been back since. You paid Russell all that money and he is a great player. He's worth every penny he gets paid. But the reality of it is the, the rule, not the exception, but the rule is when you pay the quarterback the huge contract, you don't go to the Super Bowl. There are exceptions. Everyone loves to point out the exceptions. Stick to the rules. The rule is the best thing you can have in the NFL is a really good quarterback who hasn't gotten paid yet. That's what Seattle wants. And the second pick in the draft equals that. So all of a sudden, you're Chicago. You're dying to get Russell Wilson. You figure out a three-way trade. You're the Jets. You're interested in Russell Wilson? I don't know that they are or aren't. That becomes a possibility. All these other teams... I think the second pick in the draft, if I'm Seattle, that's my number one option because the first pick isn't an option. Trevor Lawrence would be my first choice. He's not on the list of options. So if you're Seattle and you are going to trade away Russell Wilson, in my opinion, the number one thing you want back is the second pick in the draft. If the Jets decide they're going to build around Sam Darnold, as Corey Davis said, then that second pick in the draft has become available. So let's see if that's what winds up happening here. I'm not telling you it will, but I'm also not telling you it definitely won't. 
Greeny, just getting started today, presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $750 on average. Coming up next, Charles Barkley on the dance, on the trade deadline, and most importantly, don't miss Charles Barkley on his daughter's wedding. That's next. I'm Greeny, and this is ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio feels a little bit like a holiday here because Charles Barkley is going to join me in 30 seconds, the one and only Sir Charles, and there's a lot to talk about with him. Again, he's 30 seconds away after this word from ZipRecruiter. If you're a business owner who's hiring, it can feel like trying to find a needle in a haystack. But when you post a job on ZipRecruiter, their matching technology finds these qualified candidates for you and invites them to apply. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. So while other companies give you too many options, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at this web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E-E-N-Y. And with that, it is my delight to say good morning, Charles Barkley. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Man, hey, thanks for getting me up every morning, too, man. It brightens my day when I get up with you guys in the morning. Keep up the great work. Well, that is nice of you to say. And before I say anything else, I would like to pass along my congratulations to you and your beautiful family. There was a story in the New York Times on Sunday, and I, I posted it for folks to see it, about the story of the your daughter got married recently, the beginning of this month, and it was a beautifully written story of what is a beautiful love story, and we're going to talk about this at some length a little bit later, but I did want to begin by passing along my congratulations. Well, uh, thank you, number one. It was the greatest day in my life, and I'm so happy for her. He's a, a great young man from a great family. And I just want to thank the people for not drop, dropping me in the chair. That's the most important thing after the wedding. <laughs> okay. Now, we're going to get to that because we finally found one thing I know more about than you do, and that is Jewish weddings. <laughs> I know those really well. <laughs> so we're going to get to that. But let's talk some basketball first off. All right. So you're involved now, of course, with the NCAA tournament, something we didn't get last year. It has been a wild start to the NCAA tournament with all of the upsets and everything else. So I'll just give you the floor. What have been your overarching thoughts through the first couple? couple of rounds of the NCAA tournament. Well, I want to first give a shout out to ESPN. I was watching your guys' coverage uh, and look at how many brackets you guys had. You had, last time I counted, you had like 11 million brackets. So it just tells me how much people really missed March Madness last year. That's the first thing. Secondly, in a one and done scenario, anything can happen. 
that's the beauty of this tournament. You know, like in the NBA, the best team always going to win a four out of seven games. But in March Madness, one game, the best team does not always win. That being said, Greeny, mm-hmm. man, it's going to be tough to beat the Zags. They are terrific. You know, after looking at tape the last couple months, I thought that the Zags and Baylor were the two best teams. I have seen nothing to change my mind. Uh, Michigan is terrific. Alabama is terrific. But listen, I'd be totally shocked if it wasn't the Zags and Baylor in the finals. Gonzaga, again, looking to be the first team since Bob Knight's Indiana team in 76 to go unbeaten the whole year and win the championship. Charles Barkley with me. So, so to your point about the, for lack of a better word, randomness of the tournament, which I fully agree with, I'm interested to hear your perspective on this. I went to school in the Big Ten. I love the Big Ten. The Big Ten has gotten annihilated in this tournament. They had nine teams in. Eight of them are already out. Some will look at it and say that means that the conference was overrated. So if someone says that to you, Charles, what do you say? I don't think it was overrated. Um, listen, it's it's a one-and-done scenario. Anything can happen. I mean, nobody picked North Texas to win. Uh, you know, nobody thought Loyola Chicago was going to win two games. You know, they got a terrific coach. Coach Moser is a terrific coach. Mm-hmm. But I don't – listen, you throw all the regular season stuff out the window – one and done is really one and done. You just like listen. If Illinois played Lola, best of seven, they'd win that series. But they played my man Crutwick. Mm-hmm. If you don't like watching him play basketball, you don't know anything about basketball. <laughs> uh, they're very well coached, and you you knew after the first ten minutes that game was over because the way they play, you're not going to come back on them. You got to get off to a good start because they're not going to help you. They're not going to make any mistakes. The great Charles Barkley with me here on the Goodyear Hotline, celebrating March deal days with month-long service and savings. Visit GoodyearAutoService.com for offers. And if you're wondering, have there been more upsets this year than usual? The answer is there have been more upsets than ever. The lar- it is the, right now the average seed is a 5.9. That's what you, the math is. It's like a six seed is still alive, which is the highest that number has ever been since they went to this format. So, Charles, there have been more upsets this year than any year before. Is, is that in any way based upon – do you think that the, the, the circumstances here, the pandemic and everything else, do you think that's part of the reason for that? No, not real. Hey, listen, no. you're talking about all those upsets. There's only been one number one seed that's gotten beat. Mm-hmm. All the big boys are still there. Yeah. I think that those schools, listen, the Oral Roberts, they've had the two best players on the court in both of their games. That's not an upset. If you have the two best players, just because people don't know who you are, that's not, you know, you, you, we use the word upset. Or Roberts, Max Amos, and uh, and I forget the big guy's name right off the top of my head. They've had the two best players in the both games they played. You know, the, the one thing that's um, the, the one thing that's weird. People don't realize how many terrific, great basketball players there are because the only time we ever see these guys is for March Madness or their college uh, or their their regular season ending tournament. But listen, those two brothers in Eastern Washington. Mm-hmm. Them boys were flat out balling. My man who had the Bill Walton look, he was out there smashing people. But Greeny, I think the problem is we only show the big time schools throughout the year. 
and we don't realize nobody know Max Amos is leading the country in scoring right. until March Madness starts. So I, I think that's the biggest problem, just perception, because we don't see these smaller schools play. One hundred percent right, uh, Greeny and the great Charles Barkley. All right, let's get to the NBA here. Um, LeBron goes down, and he's going to be out there saying about a month. He and Anthony Davis, we're not not exactly sure when Anthony Davis is going to come back. It will lead people to ask the question, are the Lakers in trouble? Charles, what's the answer? You know, I was actually looking at the standings last night because I watched them get mauled last night, and I'm like, man, they're only like two to three games from eighth place. Uh, So are they in trouble? Yes, they're in trouble. Uh, but they do have a really huge advantage. Uh, with no fans in the building, even if they start the first round of the playoffs on the road, it won't be like the, the old home court advantage. They could drop to six, seven, maybe even eighth in the next in, in two weeks. Mm-hmm. But because there's no home court advantage, it really doesn't matter. As long as AD and Anthony are healthy when the playoffs start, they're still going to be a tough out. But to ask you a question, they are in trouble. They're not going to stay. I think they're third or fourth right now. They're going to be probably – they're probably not going to win a game in the next couple of weeks. I haven't seen the schedule. But without AD and LeBron, it's going to be hard for them to win any games. Yeah, to your point, they are two losses in front of being the seventh seed right now. And it's going to be a while before they come back. But, but then let me change the question. If LeBron and Anthony Davis are healthy, and that's a huge if, but if they are healthy when the playoffs begin – Will they be your pick to win the championship? They will not be. No. Um, listen, uh, I am sold on the Utah Jazz and the Clippers, but this going to be a totally different fight for them this year because they're going to have a tough round no matter who they play in the West. If you play Luka Doncic in the first round, that's a heck of a series. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen, if you play the Portland Trailblazers, that's a heck of a series. But th- they won't be my pick. Uh, I'm probably going to stick with the Jazz, to be honest with you, because they've been the most consistent team throughout the season. But I tell you what, the East, between Brooklyn, Philly, and the Bucks, those three teams, they're going to be interesting to watch who can, who's going to be the best team in the East. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Charles Barkley with me on the Goodyear Hotline. Let's talk about Brooklyn because they have been doing what they've been doing and basically have barely at all had their big three on the floor together. And I suppose there is no guarantee that they will. But I'll ask you a similar question to what I said in the West. If we get to the playoffs and Kyrie, KD, and Harden are all healthy and they're all playing, what will be your expectation for them? Uh, They should win the championship. If they're all healthy, Brooklyn's going to be the favorite. I will tell you this, though. I hear all these guys talking about MVP. You know, at one point, uh, it was uh, Joel Embiid. At one point, uh, it was LeBron. I think Chris Paul should be in the conversation. But the MVP in the NBA right now is James Harden. Mm -hmm. Uh, What he's doing right now without KD and without Kyrie, uh, we can't ignore that. James Harden is the MVP of the NBA, plain and simple. Like I say, Embiid had it for a minute. LeBron's been right there. I talk about Chris Paul, what he's doing in Phoenix. But the MVP in the NBA right now is James Harden. 
Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's reasonable. I, I think when you look not only at doing it without those guys, but the way he has adapted what he does, he, he is the most unique. Well, among the most unique players in the NBA, and he's been doing it that way in Houston for such a long time. And he comes to Brooklyn, and it feels like he has been willing to be exactly what they need him to be. And Charles, you know as well as anyone, superstars aren't always willing to do that. And Harden has been willing to do it. I've been impressed. Well, let me say this. First of all, what James has done, like he's not the same guy who played like he did in Houston. Mm-hmm. Uh, he don't play like that anymore, having a bunch of guys just standing around and watch him go one-on-one. To me, he has did. he's played like a real point guard. And the game, he obviously hasn't had Katie, but when Kyrie is there, he makes Kyrie better. But, man, when he's not there, even last night against Portland, uh, I was watching that game last night. I'm like, I didn't think they could win that game last night. And I know you guys got him on TV tonight uh, against the Jazz. If Listen, if he go into Utah and win tonight, that to me, like, if he don't get MVP after that, uh, people are just being biased. Listen, he did not handle the situation well coming out of Houston. Uh, he quit on those Rockets. But you know what? Hey, he made a mistake. He apologized for it. But what he's doing in Brooklyn right now cannot be overlooked, and we should appreciate it because, listen, this guy, and I know I'm going to probably get criticized for saying this, this guy might be the best basketball player in the world. I mean, he might be the best player in the world. I've always thought he was the best offensive player. He wasn't as great as Michael and Kobe. But I said a few years ago, and people laughed at me, he's the best offensive player I've ever seen. Mm. But right now, no disrespect to LeBron or Giannis or anybody, James Harden might be the best basketball player in the world, period. Wow, I was not expecting you to say that, and so I'm 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 re, I'm sitting here, sort of trying to figure out how to respond to it. The criticism I would think would be that while I think he has been a little more of a of a willing defender this year and in recent years, that that's what people would say that 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 the best players in the league do it that well on both sides of the floor. Charles, what 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 would you say to someone who would say that to you? Well, I think you know it's always listen. Uh, James has made some. I didn't. That style in Houston was never going to win, but yeah. he has adapted and changed. I think he is a little bit better defensively. Mm-hmm. But for them to win games without KD and without Kyrie, you got to give that man some credit. And like I say, he is the most awesome offensive player I've ever seen. Uh, listen, Michael and Kobe were better players from the guard standpoint, but as far as offensively, they couldn't shoot threes like him. They were not as great as dribbling the basketball, uh, going to the basket, getting fouled. I mean, this guy, he every time he goes to the basket, he's going to hit somebody and get two free throws. <laughs> but we got to give that guy credit, man. He is an offensive machine, plain and simple. And some of the nights when, when Kyrie is going off, it's because of James, plain and simple. I think he's 100% right. That part of it, you get no argue, argument from me. All right, Greeny and Charles Barkley. Now let's get to the important thing. I do a feature called Greeny Insists. It's brought to you by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. And frequently I insist that we talk about golf. But today I insist we talk about something else. Oh, why is it not playing? Bubba, I have a song here and it's not playing for us. And it was the perfect setup to this next part of the conversation. Okay, as, as, do we lose Charles? I'm a little worried that we've lost Charles. Charles, is, is Charles still with us? 
Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. I think we may have lost Charles. Oh, there he is. Charles, can you still hear me? I can't. Uh, Greeny, you disappeared on me. Okay, are you back now? Yes, you. You. I'm, I'm losing you. Uh-oh. I'm losing Charles. This is terrible because this is this is the moment that I've been looking forward to all week. I said when I read this story in the Times on Sunday, I said we need to get Charles Barkley on so we can talk about this. I don't care if he says James Harden is the greatest <laughs> player he's ever seen in his entire life. I want to talk. I insist we talk about his daughter's wedding because, it, A, it was a beautiful story, and, B, I'm just fascinated by the details of it. Charles, can you hear me now? I cannot. Well, how is it you're responding, I cannot, when I say, do you hear me, and you say, I cannot, I'm confused by this. <laughs> and I, you do, you, I can't hear. He really can't hear me. All right, let's put Charles on hold for a minute, and let's see if we can't figure out how to rectify this situation. Because this was going so well, Hembo, and then all of the technology kind of failed us at once. He's on, like, the greatest line I've ever seen on FaceTime in my entire life, and we lose it. I've got the, this song that I wanted to play. It doesn't fire. So we went from a moment where everything was going so extraordinarily well technologically to where it just went to heck in a handbasket. And he's answering your questions while saying he also can't hear you. That was the part that confused me, is if you say to someone, can you hear me, and they say, no, I cannot there is a discrepancy in that exchange so there seems to be a lack of clarity and if it seems to you like i am sort of vamping for a moment here that's because that's exactly what i'm doing because i'm really hoping that we can get charles back because i want to ask him about this let me set it up here so if i do get him back at least you'll know what i'm talking about i had heard that charles daughter was getting married just through the grapevine but yeah that's lovely but it's not something i would otherwise have paid a lot of attention to but in the paper on Sunday, and I actually did a thing earlier this week about how I still get the paper. I still love getting the paper. In the New York Times on Sunday, in the style section where they always post all the wedding announcements and all that, there was a beautiful story about Charles' daughter's wedding. And she married a young man, and there were a number of things about it that I found interesting. One of them is the guy that she married is not a sports fan at all, to the point that when he found out that his this girl that he had met, her father was Charles Barkley. His reaction was, is that the guy from Space Jam? Like, that's how he knew Charles. <laughs> not, not, not even the guy from TNT. It's one thing not to remember Charles as a player or even to be aware of how great a player he was. I guess if you're young, maybe you don't know that. He, at, at his apex, he was impossibly famous. I don't know. Maybe he's just as famous now on TV. (laughs) He's probably the most famous person talking about sports on television or among them that we have in the country. So anyway, I thought that was interesting that his daughter is, you know, marrying someone who basically doesn't even know who her dad is. Imagine being Charles Barkley's daughter. You have lived your entire life with everyone saying, oh, your dad is Charles Barkley. And, you know, being the, 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 the child, the son or the daughter, I would think of someone that famous has got to have, I'm sure, some wonderful things about it and some very challenging things about it. So there's that. The other side of it is that the young man that she married is Jewish, and they had a traditional Jewish wedding, and I found that fascinating. And again, I will tell this story, and I'm, I'm waiting for someone to tell me we have Charles back, and the fact that no one has suggests to me this is very <laughs> bad news. Still working on it. So I, I, I'll just tell the story, and then if we never get anywhere else, then we'll just live without it. But for those who are not aware, if you've never been to a Jewish wedding, one of the traditions is there is a dance that is sort of colloquially known as the chair dance. And they play this song 
And they do a dance that is called the Hora. And one of the things they do is they will lift up first. The, I assume they didn't do this at your wedding, Hembo. They did not. Yeah. But, but they have done this at a, a, a huge percentage of the weddings I've been to, including my own where they take the bride and the groom and they each sit in a chair and people gather around, they gather, grab the four legs of the chair and they pick you up and they just sort of, what's the word I'm looking bob? for? Bounce you around. Yeah, they just kind of bob you. I don't know, whatever. You just kind of lift the chair up and down and you're dancing and everyone's dancing around it. And it's very festive and great fun. And then, traditionally, they will take the father and mother of the bride and the father and mother of the groom and people will put them in the chairs and bounce them up and down. And what I have always said... This is a a word to the wise. If you're planning on going to a Jewish wedding and you want to participate in the chair dance, which you should do because it's fun and you want to, you know, you want to be one of the people going along with the fun. Scout out the smallest of the parents. Always, always scout it out. Like at my wedding, for example, Stacy's parents, whom I love, both of them, her father no longer with us. He was a great guy and her mother's still with us and a great woman. She's a petite woman. Her dad was a big guy. Mm. If you had seen the line gathering around her <laughs> chair at my wedding, because you're like, you know, you're scouting this out. You're doing a scouting report. Like, I can lift him. He's got to weigh 200 pounds. I can lift her. She's got to weigh 100 pounds. The math is pretty easy. That's easy math. So they're gathering around her chair. That's a word to the wise. Now, I'm told Charles is back on the phone. I have a break in one minute. Can someone ask him? I hate to do this. Can you ask him if he can come back in a minute? We'll take our break, Bubba, and then we'll come back and do this because I want to do this justice. I can't do it in the next one minute, which I basically have here. So please ask Charles, offer my sincere apologies and ask if he can come back and just tell the story because I'm dying to hear how the chair Porsche, he can do it. He can, he can come back and... Okay, beautiful. Let me take a very quick break, and then we will come back with Sir Charles, and we will find out how it went when they lifted Charles Barkley in the chair at his daughter's wedding, which is all I've wanted all week long, was to get that answer. He will join us right after this. And a word from ZipRecruiter. Good news for baseball fans. You will be allowed to attend games this season where you sit in pods with your group. And businesses everywhere are making the gradual shift towards normalcy, too, which means more hiring. That's where ZipRecruiter comes in. ZipRecruiter's matching technology finds people with the right experience for your job and invites them to apply. No wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter Get a quality candidate within the first day. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free only at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greenie at ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E-E-N-Y. Charles Barkley continues next on ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. 
This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. Uh, the NBA is on ESPN Radio tonight. Spider Mitchell on the Jazz host the Nets. It's presented by Indeed. Coverage begins 9.30 Eastern on most of these ESPN radio stations. And I cannot begin to thank Charles Barkley enough after the technical difficulties we had there uh, for being willing to come back and spend a few more minutes. And so Charles re- rejoins me here on ESPN Radio. Thank you very much, Chuck. No problem, man. Thanks again for having me. Well, it's a pleasure, and we'll do it on the phone here because this is what I've really been looking forward to all week long. Charles, again, congratulations on your daughter being married earlier this month, and you you told me um, that it was the greatest day of your life, and that is wonderful, wonderful blessings to you and your entire family. Uh, And again, your daughter married a a, a young man of the Jewish persuasion. And as a consequence, you had a Jewish wedding and you you made some jokes leading into it about the the chair dance. I need to hear how that turned out. Well, first of all, I wasn't joking about it. I was really concerned. Them trying to pick me up. I mean, hey, Greeny, I'm not no little dude. I'm a big old fat dude. Right. So, you know, I I was really concerned. Uh, I mean, I, I could joke about it, but I was really like, Hey, man, I don't want anybody to get hurt. You know, first of all, I don't want myself to get hurt. <laughs> but I tell you what, uh, I, I did, the only time I cried was on the father-daughter dance. Mm-hmm. I didn't cry walking her down the aisle. Uh, and when she, and the father-daughter song was The Man Who Loves You The Most by Zach Brown. That was my, I picked that song out and I loved it. But, man, the horror, it was awesome. They picked me up about six or seven times. You know, everybody's asking me how many people did it take. I said, dude, I was up in the chair. I couldn't look down and see how many people picked me up. Uh, but, man, it was, one of the high- it was one of the highlights for me. I'm not going to lie. They got me up with ease. Uh, well, it, it probably took a lot of people. But it seemed like I was pretty easily lifted, so it was awesome, Mike. Yeah, I'm guessing it was a lot of people. And, and I, as I said before, I have a lot of experience in this one area, Charles, so I, I could be your actually your expert here. What usually happens at one of these weddings is people scout out. Now, in your case, they don't have to scout it out because you're so famous that everyone knows this is that Charles Barkley is going to be one of these parents. But usually the guests will start s- scouting out the four parents and they start picking out which one is, looks like the lightest one. And then you will notice as that dance begins, everyone gravitating towards her. <laughs> everyone will start looking, who's going to be the lightest person? And they will all be. So did you notice people tending to flee from your area as that dance began because they didn't want to be the one standing there when they brought you a chair? Well, actually, I saw the crowd congregating toward me because <laughs> I told you I needed all hands on deck to try to lift me up. <laughs> so so they wasn't fleeing. They were coming toward me in a massive amount of crowds. And I was like, uh-oh, I guess it must be my time. And, I, and like I say, I, I, hey, 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 Greeny, I needed all hands on deck. I'm not going to lie. Because, man, hey, 
Hey, listen, I went on a strict diet like a month out, but I hey, I couldn't lose enough weight in a month to be skinny. So, <laughs> it, but I tell you what, they got me up, man, and I and I was laughing so much, and I was so happy to be part of that tradition. The great Charles Barkley is with me. Now, one of the many things I read in that article that I loved is that your now son-in-law is not a sports fan. And when he found out that this young woman he had just met, that her father was Charles Barkley, his response was, is that the guy from Space Jam? Is that a true story? Did he really not have any working idea of you and who you are? You know, I've been retired for 20 years, so... You know, he don't know – first of all, he don't know anything about Charles Barkley. I mean, I, I, it's hard for me to say, man, I've been retired for 20 years. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it, my daughter's 31, so he would have only been about 11 by the time I retired. And he's one of those nerdy geniuses. he got his own computer software company. I don't think he know anything about sports, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I tell you what, yeah, he said, is that the guy? His parents are like, you going out with Charles Barkley's daughter, you know who he is. He's like, uh, is that the guy from Space Jam? So that is a true story, <laughs> and um, it's, it's a great story, too. I'm glad he didn't know who I was. I, I loved everything about it. Again, I, I, I posted it the other day because I just read it, on, surprised, pleasantly surprised by it, and just loved it. And a final thought, Charles, you can help me out with this. You know, my my daughter is 20. I, I've not yet gotten to that place. But I remember quoting you once on the air that when your daughter was little, you said that when when the first person came to take her out on a date, you were going to attack that guy and then hope that word got out. <laughs> and, and so I, I used to yeah, make I that. Said, no, yeah. no, I said, you know, because, hey, man, that's that's a traumatic thing, Greeny. Yeah. Listen, you, your daughter's probably had a boyfriend or two yeah. right now. So. When they first start bringing boys home, it is traumatic. So I said, I'm going to shoot the first one. I think word will get around so nobody else come here. <laughs> that is what you said. I didn't want to quote it directly, but okay, I'm good with it. So anyway, the point of it is, the point of it is, how did you handle it? How, how did now your daughter, now she's getting married. This is an experience that I, I would assume I'll have someday, and I have no idea how I'll handle it. How did you handle it? Well, the marriage was a lot easier than the first time she started bringing boys home. I'm not going to lie. It was traumatic when they first started. I'm like, how old is our daughter? She got a boy over here. And, like, (laughs) she's 16. I'm like, I didn't start dating when I was 16. But the the marriage thing was was fun by that time we planned all the wedding. But the first time she started bringing boys home, man, that was traumatic. I'm not going to lie. Okay. Well, if it's going to get easier from here for me, then I, I will take that. Charles, you're such a great guy. Thank you for taking this extra time. And again, really, my most sincere congratulations to you and the whole family. Hey, thank you very much. Hey, I told you, man, keep waking me up every morning. You do a fantastic job, you and the guys. We'll do our best. Thank you, Charles. The great Charles Barkley. Again, for those of you who had just jumped into the conversation here, he was, he was on for about 15 minutes talking basketball, and then we had these technical issues. There's actually a funny story behind that, and we got to the bottom of it. <laughs> All right, I have an extra minute here to play it, so I'm going to play it for you now. (laughs) This exchange actually took place on the air, and it didn't make any sense. So I'm just going to play you. This is is what happened when we lost his signal. Just this is what it happened. Charles, can you hear me now? I cannot. Okay. Now, so as I pointed out at the time, (laughs) that doesn't really make sense. (laughs) Because if he said I cannot, then that would suggest he did hear me. What I subsequently have been told is that he was responding to a question from our director, and the timing of it was just perfect. Apparently, when his signal went down, the director said, can you hear Greeny? And he responded, I cannot. <laughs> and by a miracle, 
the timing of that was such <laughs> it lined up perfectly so that it sounded like he was responding to me. Let me play it again. Charles, can you hear me now? I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just, I'm sorry. I'm going to fall apart on the. That is so funny. And and in the moment, I, I was cannot. completely thrown. You, you have tears. You have tears I right now. And I <laughs> he was talking to somebody else. Okay. I'm going to take a short break. Coming up next. We'll come back and do other things, and we will compose ourselves on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.